0: Welcome back to the Darwinian Times, Survival of the Nimblest, a podcast by Ularity. I'm Mary Hanula, the Director of Marketing, and I'm so happy you're here. This podcast is the intersection of marketing and tech, bringing you exclusive insights and conversations with some of the world's most revolutionary leaders. We talk all things automation, innovation, and even lifestyle. We're big on balancing brilliance and also being authentic. I'm guessing if you're here, then you're probably on the same wavelength too. So sit back, relax, and get inspired. Talk soon. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Mary Hanula, and I'm the Senior Director of Marketing for Ularity. Today, co-hosting this episode with me is Jake Fishman, our Account Director of Growth. We have an amazing guest, Stephen Montgomery, the founder and CEO of That One Painter, The brand provides expert painting for any type and size home. We got to speak to Stephen about his personal journey of entrepreneurship, how to identify core values of your business and incorporate them into the daily lives of franchisees, what the process of getting into franchising looks like, and more. We hope you enjoy. We're really excited to have you here.
1: Thank you.
0: We wanted to first start it off talking about your brand, its name, and really what brought it to life? Tell us the story.
2: Yeah. So my dad was a painter while I was in high school uh, and then he quit doing it, but he had his equipment. And so when I was in college, I did some painting on like basically breaks because my mom was a realtor. So I knew a lot of real estate agents. And I like to say that realtors are my favorite people because they gave me the foundation for my business. Uh, But it was just like a side hustle. And then I realized that I didn't really like college and I wanted to work for myself. So I dropped out of college uh, and started painting And I came up with the name, That One Painter, I think because it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was trying to think of a name because it was called Stephen Paints. And I was like, I need something better than that. And I was watching that 70s show. And Mm -hmm. I was like, let's call it That One Painter. (laughs) So uh, because I'm the one painter and now uh, we're franchising and it's a lot bigger than that. So
0: I love that. And I also love the duo that you said your parents were in terms of kind of how it all came together in their backgrounds. I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was was 11 years ago in 2011. I went full time and and really went out on my own and did it. So, so like,
1: as you were growing and, you know, when you decided to really kind of kick off college and what were the hardest things about beginning your journey as a small business owner and, you know, what works, what didn't work, you know, how did things, um, you know, grow throughout your years?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, when I, uh, started, it really was, it really was just me painting. And, and if I got bigger jobs, I'd hire friends of mine to come help me for a day or a weekend or something and teach them to paint as they were helping me. Right. Um, and I think that like, you know, the book, the e-myth and pretty popular in the franchising world, the whole technician, manager, entrepreneur thing. I started off as a technician who just didn't want to work for other people. Um, I like to, I like to joke with some of my employees that, Hey, like, remember this whole thing started with an idiot with a brush, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was a good business person. I didn't, I didn't know what a PNL was. I did not have good records of anything that I was doing. I was texting people the estimate, that kind of stuff. I had no processes whatsoever. Um, and I was just a technician. I was just a painter painting houses, and I was good at making relationships with people. And so I was able to stay really busy. Uh, just through word of mouth and like real estate agents and stuff, and so as I kind of grew, what I think one of the most important things for me actually was getting into networking, and so I started joining like networking events and. Then pretty quickly what happened was I realized I'm around some real business owners. (laughs) Right. And I started just taking in as much knowledge as I possibly could from, you know, think of like John, the insurance guy, but he knew a lot about business. And so like, it didn't really matter that it was home services and his was insurance. It was just being able to take in information from people who knew what they were doing. And as I started to network and make friends with, Honestly, older business people who knew what they were doing pretty quickly. I was getting advice pretty quickly. I was able to hire multiple painters starting to work for me. And I started to think more like a manager. And then I think eventually I switched to thinking in 2018 from thinking like a manager, a business owner who had a few crews to, I actually want to be an entrepreneur and I actually want to build something huge. And in 2018, I started working on systems, processes, all that kind of stuff, writing SOPs. That's actually when I wrote, read the E-Myth. And that allowed me to double my business every year from 2018, 19, 20, 21. And then we started franchising in 21.
1: Yeah, absolutely love that. And and that's the beauty of like being an entrepreneur. You kind of grow every day, learn every day yeah. and kind of fix things on the fly. So I um, love to hear that. And to to that point, you, you know, you said you go to you know, you found some mentors, like what tips do you have for people trying to do the same thing as you with growth and who are trying to really start up their brand and get to where you're at today?
2: Yeah. I think if I was talking to somebody who's like a technician, right. So like, I know a lot of contractors who've been in business for decades and they're still having to do the physical work of it and they haven't been able to grow past that. So I was speaking to that type of person. Uh, it's always like, get really comfortable with delegating, get really comfortable with letting other people make mistakes. Like it's okay, right? If they spill a bucket of paint, it's okay. It's not, your life is not going to be over. So let people make mistakes, delegate, let people make decisions for themselves in your business, and then you can start to move on to other things. So um, I think one of the biggest problems I see with And I know that's true for contractors, but it's certainly true for somebody starting a marketing agency, right? Like, I know how to run these ads. I know how to build this website. I know how to do this. Okay, great. But do you know how to let somebody else do it and make a mistake? And so I think allowing other people to do things like letting there be room or grace, I guess, for mistakes, um, there's breathing room for that to happen, lets people move from being the one doing the work to the one managing the work. And I think so many people are restricted by fear of letting other people do things that that is the reason why they'll be self-employed, but not an entrepreneur. Um, I think for somebody who's past that point and they do have a team with them, but they're, they're struggling to scale beyond that. I think that people a lot of times don't understand the power of momentum and how to build momentum. Uh, I'm a big fan of the book, uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And one of the laws that I took to heart, because there's 21 of them, you can't be good at all of them. But one of the ones that I took to heart and was like, I was committed to be really good at was the law of momentum. And that law um, basically is like, just get the ball rolling, like get it going. And so for us with franchising, it was like, even if everything still needs like, Fix or needs to be made better, um, we're going to get this ball rolling. And in that law, like he kind of, uh, John Maxwell kind of describes it as basically, once you have momentum, it makes you look better than you are. It makes your team look better than that you are, they are. And it, the perception around what you're doing then becomes reality. Because once you get rolling, then you can fix it as you go, right? I read a quote recently, an entrepreneur, somebody who jumps off a cliff and build an airplane on the way down. Right. So I like I like that a lot because that's how it feels. Like you just gotta go. Like just go get the ball rolling. And then yeah, build the airplane as you're going down. But like yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. But I think uh if I had to summarize no, totally yeah if I had to summarize no, no, totally. delegate and build momentum. So
0: I love that too. And I also think you mentioned two things that a lot of entrepreneurs always are thinking and kind of keeping inside but the idea of being prideful when you're starting a business, especially if you're the person who has been there from day one and also letting people make mistakes. I think it's so hard to let go of your baby, even if it means momentum and growth and excitement. So I love, I love the fact you said that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously becoming an entrepreneur in just regular business and franchising, there's a lot of differences in and, and franchising is beauty of franchising is it's a family. Everyone's very close. People want to help each other. So like, are there specific people that kind of helped you and guide you throughout and really taken a big impact in franchising?
2: Yeah, so for me, the journey to franchising was... I used to tell, um, he was my general manager, he ended up becoming my part, uh, he's my business partner now. But um, we were committed to growth. And so we were exploring what does growth look like? (laughs) And we were, you know, originally thinking, corporate locations, stuff like that. And then I started to read more about franchising and I was pretty intrigued by it. And at that time I had hired a business coach um, and he had helped me develop a plan to build 10 locations. So we had been working on a business plan together. He had helped me think through a lot of that. And I think what I got most out of that business coach was and that's one of my recommendations to people is like everybody should have a coach like at some level you need to have a mentor or a coach somebody speaking into you even if you're the owner even if you're the one who's killing it like get good people speaking into your life too but so i'm talking to him what he helped me realize is like how many fears i had about growth like i wanted to grow i i was committed to growth but i was like also terrified of growth and he helped me realize that in like realize how many of those fears were, I wouldn't say irrational, but certainly not well thought out. Then I kind of worked with him on that. We had this entire business plan for 10 locations. And then I started reading my franchise. I was like, dude, I think I, I want to explore franchising instead. And so he introduced me to Gary, who's with Franchise Growth Solutions. And he's, you know, he's a, well, he's not just an FSO, but he also helps you develop the manuals and all that kind of stuff as well. And so we worked with uh, Gary and Fred um, and they helped me kind of get the ball rolling like help me understand the franchise world because there's a lot to learn you're talking about FDD FA and a whole bunch of other acronyms that you have no idea what they mean <laughs> and so uh, yeah. you got to learn a lot and they helped me with that and they helped me get my processes in place to take what I was doing well and then implement it into a franchise system
1: yeah and that's that's Exactly. It. That's the key, especially in franchising. I, I know Gary as well. And, you know, yeah. Gary's very well known in franchising. He he knows his stuff. And, you know, that's the beauty about franchising. Like I was saying it's, it's like a family and they, if they see your drive, they see that you have a vision of yeah. growth and, you know, really diving into the franchising space, people will help you and guide you. And clearly that's, he's done a great job helping you and get to where you want to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was a, just a wealth of knowledge, like, you know, just like so to just tap into. So uh, it was a really great experience. And then we were able to grow um, pretty quickly in our first year and a half. So
1: just for all the, the viewers. So how many locations are you guys at now?
2: So territories? we do territories. Uh, we're at 43 territories right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And we've been franchising for 17 months.
0: That's really exciting. That's fantastic growth.
2: It is. It's like almost, it's unbelievable. Like it's been a lot of fun and it's, it comes in waves. So like, uh, like the beginning of this year, we didn't sell any for three months and like, I was having a panic attack. Like we had sold a bunch in 21 and then the start of the year and like, nobody's biting, like (laughs) nobody is interested or the ones that were interested, were all like, yeah, later. And so you're going to kind of go through these ups and downs, but, and then it would be like, suddenly we would sell eight in a row And so you got to stick with it. Keep your mentality strong. And if you get some disappointments, you just keep pushing and keep hacking out your pipeline and talking to people and telling everybody how awesome your brand is. Like you have to get really good. You got to really believe that your brand is awesome. And you got to get really good at telling people it's awesome. Because at the end of the day, they're buying into that system. And if you don't believe it's super awesome, (laughs) like they're not going to believe it. So you got to really get good at communicating why you as a franchisor are a great option for them in their business endeavor. I think we have gotten really good at just um, explaining all that we will do to support them and all that we will do to help them be successful. And when they can sense that we genuinely care about their success, well, now all of a sudden they're like, they really start to bond with you and the idea. And I think that has been probably one of the biggest factors is I think people genuinely can see that we really care about their success and like fulfillment as a business owner.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a testament. The amount of locations that you've had, even just from starting a franchise, it's a testament to how you're really connecting with people. But also, like you said, you believe in them, regardless of if they're a business owner or not, you want to make sure you connect with a person on a very molecular level and be like, listen, like I'm here to help you out. I'm here to not only get you into the business but stand with you along every step of the way so exactly, I really yeah. like I Absolutely. really like that you said that
2: yeah I had an executive call last night and the question he's like well cool. he's like so at what point do you like are you like you're on your own and I was like that never happens that's not ever gonna happen like at no point are you on your own that's why you get into a franchise system I was like there will be points where you need a lot less attention right, right. that's goal, cool. right. but at no point are you on your own yeah. And so that's why you come into a good franchise yeah and uh, I think people do they, and it's you you get into a camaraderie for the support for the coaching for the system uh, also for the camaraderie um, our franchisees, one of the things that I think helped us early on was we didn't want to like keep our franchisees separate from each other. We mm-hmm. wanted them talking throughout the day and you know my initial fear was well if they talk they might get upset right And then I was like, well, that's stupid like if they're upset, then like I need to fix the problem. Like that's my job. So I need them to talk and find out if there is an issue with the system as soon as possible so that I can fix it as soon as possible so that I can make my franchisees happy. And so we just from day one, we're like full transparency. Here's everybody's phone numbers. Talk to whoever you want. We got a weekly call with everybody on it. You have uh, a group chat where everybody can talk and just immediately push for that transparency and like community element of franchising. And I think that has been really crucial because Uh, they get tired of hearing me say it, right? Mm -hmm. Or my business partner say it. But when you have a franchisee doing well and he's like, yes, this is the thing that works, y'all. Like another voice, another perspective really helps those franchisees who are new or might be struggling a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it's a very different thing to have a franchise or leader say, well, I I know exactly how you feel and you know, I'm here with you through this, but to have someone in your shoes who's also a fellow franchisee, say, I know exactly what you mean is probably the best feeling when you're going through something good or bad.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: One thing I did want to ask about, you know, back from 2011 when you started the business until now, obviously technology has very much changed. You said you used a lot of word of mouth um, Mm. at the beginning. As time has gone on, what types of marketing do you lean on and especially digital marketing? How do you connect with your customers and prospects?
2: Yeah. So in the beginning, it was all word of mouth. It was all old school, smile, a handshake and a business card. Um, We still teach those principles to our franchisees. Uh, We call it the new school, old school method. So we say like, you got to have the old school, you got to have the new school. And so uh, old school, uh, we definitely teach, you know, I have like a five hours of revenue. like, And I'm like, you can just count them off on your hand. Uh, five hours of revenue, and they're are old school techniques to build your business. You know, uh, things like referrals and repeat business and 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 whatnot. And then we have the new school, and what we've done is, uh, when we started, we were with one marketing agency and had some issues, and so we went to another, and they were good. But like we realized that the the, the time that it would take for an uh, agency to do things because they have so many clients, it wasn't right for me. Like I think that there's other franchisors who 100 should hire a marketing agency but for me and because of how much i like social media and i like uh, marketing i like data and analytics and i like seo like i felt like i needed to be doing it and i needed my team to be doing it and so we started in february of this year one by one bringing every piece of marketing in-house and so we so we started with Facebook ads, then we added Google ad and we just were, we were just taking it one by one off of our vendors. And then the final one was SEO and stuff too. And so now I have eight people that work for me full-time, um, basically operating as an in-house marketing agency. And what I like about it, we work in office primarily, we do some remote work too, um, kind of a hybrid model, but uh, there's a lot of days where we can just be our, my appointment center, which they book all the leads for all of our locations can literally say, Hey, this location doesn't have very many leads this week. And then we can walk over to the other room and rebuild all the ads, change the targeting. And within an hour, new ads are launched with new targeting to help that location. I could okay. never get that out of an agency, even yeah. a really great one. Of right. Course. So for me, just maybe because of my impatience, Also, I think because of my passion, I needed all of it to be in-house. And I think that has been really, really helpful to our franchisees.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize the benefits of in-house marketing. I think it's kind of, you don't know until you're doing it. It seems a little bit taboo and scary. Was there any hesitation when you started doing that from you or your team members?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And the franchisees. I mean, What uh, what
0: was the deal?
2: I mean, it's like ever everything that you take responsibility for, now you're responsible for it. So even just our internal team, we were nervous that, like, well, if the ads don't perform, the franchisee's mad at me, the Zor, not mad at the agency, right? So there's no passing the blame. Like it's everything is my fault now. Like we do our Fran dev, we do our appointment center, we do. Uh, our marketing, um, we do everything in house, other than like we're not a software company. Like we use software that other people have. Every other than that, like everything is in house, and so everything is my fault as the CEO. <laughs> also, like uh, I get credit if it goes well, but I also get blamed if it goes bad, right? So, uh, but so that pressure, and I think for my team, uh, it was just a lot of pressure to take on. What we had seen is every time we took on something, it would of course have times where it was weak or needed improved, but given enough time, we always did it better. And it's because we know our brand and we know our customers better than anybody else is going to. And so for us, it was a huge part of our success. And right
1: there, right where, where you just said is, the, is so key and the biggest benefit of in-house marketing is, You guys know your brand more than better than anybody else, better than any agency. And and that's what is the biggest thing that people need to understand for brands that are thinking about going in-house is you can really control your message Mm -hmm. and the best person to market your brand is yourself. So love to hear that and kind of moving, shifting a little bit in same in keeping in the marketing realm, but there's tons of different marketing types of marketing other than digital marketing. Tell us a little about the podcast that you guys are, that you and your partner are doing. Yes,
2: yeah, so we do a uh, paint talk. Paint talk is actually, I had a friend who had a tree, tree care company. And I stole the idea from him. He did something called tree talk. And he would just like, sometimes sit in a tree, sometimes kind of sit, stand next to a tree and talk about stuff. And I was like, let's do paint talk and let's open up cans of paint and products we use and just talk about it. You know, my goal with it and I have to remind because I have I have three people on my team that their job is just basically content creation and editing and that kind of stuff. And so they're always like, let's try to get this one viral and stuff. And I always remind them, I was like, we are not doing this for virality. We're doing this for authenticity and for validation. And so we do it because we genuinely care about paint. We genuinely care about the products we use. Uh, I'm able to use all of these YouTube videos as additional training for my franchisees. And then uh, it also, as people are looking into the brand, they see that we care. They see that. So whether that's a uh, customer wanting their house painted, they look up our brand, they see that like we're talking about paint every week, right? Uh, Or if it's a franchisee considering getting into the paint field, it shows that we care and what we care about is our product and our services and our trade and we're proud of our trade. Um, and so we do it primarily for validation sake. And and then, yeah, like if a ton of people suddenly want to geek out on paint with us and it does go viral, great. If not, and we got, you know, we got 800 subscribers and they all love it and our franchisees love it. That's a huge win for us. And so um, we do that. Uh, it's on Spotify now. We just started getting that going. Uh, and it's obviously on YouTube and stuff.
0: Yeah. What are the handles so people can find it? If they're listening.
2: Oh, it's all under that at that one painter yeah
0: okay okay cool
1: geeking out on your own stuff is just like yeah. it just just shows that like how much you guys are into your brand and like have a passion for what you're doing and and people do
2: appreciate that i will say this some of our episodes are pretty funny and people have watched them even though they care zero about paint <laughs> so we have well, fun that's with the key it. yeah <laughs> yeah. That's fun with it. yeah.
0: but it's i love uh, what you said too about the fact that it's like it's not the goal is not to go viral it's to connect with customers and possible clients and it's to show that you guys it's
2: about about authenticity it's about validation um it's it's also about training and Mm -hmm. so like i think a lot of times people are very nervous about getting into more social media podcasts uh or whatever because there's this pressure that you have to get a lot of views and it's like, that's not the only reason to do it. Like whether or not something is massive or not, it's like, does it connect with people that you want to connect with? Right. And if you have that, then you have something to do. Like it's worth doing. You got to set other wins besides views. <laughs> so, <Absolutely. laughs> that's what I've noticed uh, about content is, is, is it connecting and do people actually care about what you're creating? What is next? that
1: one, Panker. What what's your, what's your next big goal, kind of what you want to implement?
2: We're trying to get to 200 as quickly as possible. That's been our goal. I'm a fan of uh, Grant Cardone and his, I read his book 10X. My original goal for franchising was 20 and I read the book and I had made it 200 and I'm glad 20 wasn't my goal because it was way too small. Uh, and so we, we are, we're pushing to 200 as quickly as we can. We, um, are working on some other stuff outside of painter, uh, that one painter, a, a second brand, but I'm not, re- I'm not, I'm not ready to announce anything, but we, we are working on some stuff and we just want to keep building, uh, brands and keep building that one painter. we'll, we'll keep our ears open for, for the next brand coming. <laughs> right. It'll be, it'll be good. It'll be fun.
0: I love it. Um, one thing I know I've heard about you guys is the paint it forward mission that you do. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that?
2: Yeah. So Paint It Forward originally was going to be a referral plan that we had for our customers. And <laughs> we had a clever name for it. They were going to receive a gift card, but they had to give it to somebody else. Uh, that was the original idea. We, I think one day we will go back and do that idea. But anyway, yes. right now, what we realized is I've been always really passionate about missions. I grew up uh, as a missionary kid, actually, and um, I, I even went to a Bible college. Uh, so I've been involved in different mission stuff. And then we also have, we were painting homes for people at times, people in need, we hear a story, something like that, and we would just mm-hmm. offer our services. And then we got Sherwin-Williams to, to join that. And so it became kind of a two-part thing. One is just it kind of supports a little bit of what I do in the sense of submission stuff. And then the more primary, larger part of what we do as Paint It Forward is each one of our franchisees has committed to at least once a year. And then the larger locations are doing four times a year. Um, we paint a home for a family or an organization in need. So it might be a family that is going through a hard time. People nominate them. And then Sherman Williams has partnered with us. They'll provide all the paint. We provide the labor and we paint their home. And we've also done it for like nonprofits and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've gotten some really cool opportunities. And what's awesome is every single one of our franchisees is on board with it. In fact, one of our franchisees, and I loved it so much, he decided my first job will be a painted forward. And so the very first job he did, he did for uh, a family in, in need. So uh, that was stoked out of my mind when he told me that. So
0: I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's great to have a charitable mission along with something that supports your core values. It gets your franchisees involved, but also at the end of the day, it's helping people out and it's giving. And I think that's really huge when you're part of the brand.
2: Yeah. And for us, there's certain elements of it that are like our Christian and some of our franchisees have come in. They're not Christian at all and they have different beliefs and we totally respect it. But, you know, so they've asked like, well, is this a Christian business? I was like, businesses don't have souls. Like, that's not a thing. I don't even know what that means. Like, even yeah. if I'm and I stamp a verse on something, that doesn't make it Christian. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're just people and I'm being who I am. Like, I'm being who I am. I have certain values and beliefs and I'm being who I am. And you can be who you are. That's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not going to try to shove it down on you. Um, but like, I want to be who I am and I want to, I want to stand for what I I stand for. And so we've taken that approach with it. And so we have franchisees who, uh, love it and they, and we may, we may not believe everything the same, but nobody believes everything the same anyway. So, um, uh, we definitely, uh, respect people. Um, but we, we want to be who we are. I don't want to feel like I can't talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I I want to be who I am and and for me and my faith is really important to me and so I'm gonna live it out and if people want to join me in that that's a, they they can so um, that's where that's how I view it
1: yeah and and it's especially as you as you grow and, and get to your goal of 200 units it is maintaining your values from when you were at zero units to when you're at 200 and and people would will, will really appreciate that yeah um, a little segue um. I know you said like you know a lot to where you got today and how you became a painter was a lot was because your dad but who are some of your other inspirations and from what where you really wanted to
2: start that one painter? My inspirations uh for for that one painter there's not like a lot of inspirations as well like yeah there's not like a lot of famous painters like (laughs) you know is that like a there's the Idaho Painter. He has a YouTube channel. He's been creating amazing content for like a decade. So a lot of our franchisees, we encourage them, them to watch the Idaho Painter. Uh, he has a great YouTube channel. Beyond that, like my <laughs> inspirations, uh, I've taken a lot from uh, the E-Myth, right? I am a really big fan of John Maxwell and his books. And then uh, I think... Everybody on our team, like Grant Cardone and Gary Vee. And so we're soaking up all that content as much as we can, especially now that like, we're not just a painting franchise. We're also a marketing agency. Uh, we have a rule, which is wherever we're not sure on a process or a system for marketing, it's a, our, our rule is when in doubt, copy Gary V. So <laughs>
0: I, I feel like the business owners, that's their motto too. Are right.
2: so uh and then we implement a lot of like grant cardone stuff for our our sales process which i don't know if you guys know him but uh, yeah of course and and that's great
1: about you know the franchising in general and the shift that we're seeing with the younger generation diving into franchising and how things are changing and how we're utilizing technology how we're using people like grant cardone like and I'm excited to see where, where it's going to go because um, we have people on the supplier side like me and Mary, and people on the franchisor side like you. It's it's just great to see the growth that franchising
2: is seeing in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think franchising is on the up. Like it seems like it's totally, it's, it's, I think at some point, I think it was viewed as kind of like a lame sort of like, oh, uh, you don't have any originality, whatever. But it's not like I think franchising is the best business avenue because it's about helping other people and it's about uh, it's about systems, it's, it's about processes and it's about people. I was talking to somebody, I actually just started doing a vlog thing where I'm, I'm uh, my big, big goal now, the 200 originally, but my big goal is to eventually have a thousand franchisees in our system. And so uh, we started a, a vlog recently where we just filmed episode two and three, but where I'm going to be documenting our journey to a thousand franchisees, Nate, who's on my team, he asked me the questions for the vlog. He was just asking me about the franchise world. And I was like, what I love about it is that like the franchising world itself, like what I was surprised by is like how communal it was. And it makes sense because it's like the reason I chose franchising over other business models was because it was about helping people. It was about giving other people the opportunity. And so I don't know why I was surprised when I start going to things like Springboard, which is where we we met, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And everybody's helping each other. Well, yeah, like that makes sense because it's a bunch of business owners who took a model based upon helping others, right? So yeah, even like my competitors, I'm meeting with other guys uh, like Nick Lopez from Line Painting and we're just giving each other advice. And like, I don't see him as like, I didn't even feel any conflict. I felt camaraderie. It felt fun. It felt like... Uh, And I got to meet other like direct painting franchise founders. And like, it was, it was fun. Like it was something that I probably didn't expect. I expected it to be a little bit more rigid or doggy dog or something, but it's not that way at all. And so. um, People are surprised. Like when they like, people are super surprised when they, when they
1: realize people are all out there to help. And to your point, like I know Nick Lopez pretty well is in nicest guy in the world. And, and yeah. when you we were talking at Springboard, you you said, I was like, yeah, like me and him are about to, we're going to have a conversation about like, just talk business. And, you know, yeah. even though you guys are in the same industry, you, know, you, you guys are still willing to help each other. So it's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Even the ones that aren't in your, your, maybe your most direct competitor at the end of the day, like we're all trying to grow our franchise brands. And so if a, if a potential franchisee chooses my brand and not your brand, we're we're kind of competitors. And yet, in the same, in that sense, you don't feel like you're hanging around competitors. You feel like you're you're around other people committed to empowering each other and committed to helping each other. And now that I know that about the franchising world, I'm like, I'm not I'm not leaving. This is I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna stick with this. <laughs> this is totally. fun. So, yeah, totally. Well, Stephen,
1: it was amazing to really get to know your brand, get to know you, get to know that one painter. Um, this was such an awesome. Time talking business with you, and really excited to see where you grow. You know the fact you've gone; you're already up to 43 units after 17 months in franchising. I can't wait to see where you're at in a couple of years. No doubt, in my mind, you'll be able to get to your goals. If you have any closing remarks, we'd love we'd
2: love to hear it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it. I I would say whether you are looking into uh, business a lot or not, either you're considering you have a business and you want to franchise or you are looking for an opportunity and you're not sure if franchising is the right choice for you, I would just say to anybody, and I, I don't even mean for that one painter, I just mean look into it, like read about it, get to know people. Um, and then I think just as a general a business philosophy that I have, whether it's franchising or anything else that you're in in business, I think for anybody is just get to know people, like don't be don't be scared of networking and, and talking and And soak up as much information from other people as you can, because like our success is, is not because uh, of just my passion or work Mm -hmm. ethic. It's because of, I allowed a lot of people to speak into my life and help me. I'm, I'm doing things that are clearly inspirations from other people that helped me. Right. And so, um, I think, uh, invite that into your life and into your business and you will grow. Like it, it will happen at some point. Love that. Well, people, you hear you you heard it here first. Uh, we got
1: Stephen Montgomery from uh, that one painter. Um, thanks for coming on.
2: Absolutely, thank you, guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You already know I'd love to talk shop about what insights were your favorite. For those of you that don't know us yet, Ularity is the world's most efficient local marketing platform. Using machine learning and automation, our state-of-the-art technology simplifies the complex world of developing and executing digital marketing programs, all for a flat and transparent fee. Our technology-based SaaS, software-as-a-service, model is a fraction of the cost of traditional vendors. Check us out at Eulerity.com, Rity.com, and keep an eye out for our next episode of the Darwinian times survival of the nimblest. Stay safe, stay happy, talk soon.